going on, MLW Faithful? We are back. That's right. Your host, your boy, George McKay, and my PIC. It's Uncle Bobby B, baby. And we're here, uh, you know, breaking news for us, I guess you'd say. We might have beat we might have beat uh, Lewis Carlin. No, we breaking news. No, we didn't. He's already released like 18 podcasts. No, we beat we you, Lewis. <laughs> we are uh, giving our reviews on the first episode of MLW Alpha. This will premiere every Wednesday, 7 p.m. on YouTube. So... It'll be pretty cool for everyone out there to see. I'm not sure if it's going to be on Fight TV on the replay side of stuff. I'm not 100% on that, but I know it will be on YouTube. And we were able to sit down and watch the first episode tonight, give our thoughts, our reactions, and what we see going forward. It's going to be a quick one, maybe 20, 30 minutes maximum. But we just want to let you guys know our thoughts and our opinions as we are your MLW Rewind. Don't forget to follow the socials and subscribe to Straight Talk Wrestling on YouTube. So here we go go it kicks off right off the bat with a promo by the new mlw matchmaker el jefe caesar duran and he's basically just letting us know what's on the card for tonight and some pretty impressive matches right off the hop we're going to get the bunkhouse brawl between the von erics and team filthy which is mixed up of obviously lawler will be out there he's not in the match but he's going to be escorting them out there kevin Koo and the unofficial von no, he's he's the most legitimate von eric okay of the whole clan oh right kip, right kip osborne kip but, osborne yeah he's the, yeah. he's the legitimate um von eric that nobody talks about apparently right but, right but he's there he's there. He's, he's the, the legitimate eric. illegitimate yeah von eric right that's that's a tongue twister legitimate illegitimate yeah he's the legit illegitimate that's like um what are they called like an oxymoron like girly man right i, I suppose yeah 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 so yeah he's, he's smart He's good though. I, I I like Kip Osborne. Okay. Yeah, no, he is. He's definitely definitely has a lot of upside. But I mean, he's illegitimate, illegitimate, whatever he is. He's apparently going around saying he's a Von Eric. And also on the card, we're going to have Casey Navarro, and we're going to have him facing up against my boy, one of my personal favorites in MLW, Gino Medina, former member of the Dynasty. I mean, we all know how much MLW Rewind loves the Dynasty. We're all about our boy Hammer. We're all about most marketable Richard Holiday, who surprisingly enough was not on the premiere episode of Alpha. And I know he's probably very upset about that because it wasn't, or he'll just sell it as it wasn't dynastic uh, enough for him to be there. I believe uh, Richard had some, you know, you know he's a busy guy. Uh, he had some prior engagements, mm -hmm. uh, some other dates that he had to fulfill. Right. And I believe... Uh, well, his he, coffee launched. And I, I heard the day it launched, Starbucks stock fell like five percent. Yeah, and and I might also add the the advertisement with the coffee bag just slamming on the tables, just just brilliant. It is brilliant. We don't have it yet. We haven't uh, we haven't purchased it. I haven't. Have you? Uh, I will be purchasing. Yeah, it. I will be. I will, okay, relax. You don't. He's not here. You don't have to pander so much. I'm not pandering. I'm I'm being honest. I will purchase. The we, will both, a, we will both. We will both. I'm a coffee connoisseur. Tell you what, when we do purchase the coffee, we'll do a live on Straight Talk, and we'll sit there and discuss our thoughts and feelings on the coffee. Yeah. Does that work for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't drink decaf or tea, so. Yeah, no, there's there's no decaf tea anymore on this podcast. No, Lewis. We're straight coffee. Right. Straight coffee. So now back to the rest of the card and our main event, Davey Richards making his, I guess you want to say, official singles debut in MLW. He was in Battle Riot, but that's different. This is actually just going to be a one-on-one -on -one match and he's going up against a former rival, I guess you would, on the indies, if you will, TJ. And that's a great main event. That's a great way to introduce Davey Richards to the MLW faithful if you're not familiar with who he is or what his resume is about. Two fantastic veterans, both guys who are experts of 
in submission, technical wrestling. Yeah, this uh, was really this match was really technical 101. But also guys who can, you know, fly. Like Davy Richards can can get up top and and fly just like TJP can. So, well, uh inaugural cruiserweight champion, I mean, we know what he can do. Right. So, it it's uh, going to be an interesting mesh between their uh similarity in styles. So, should we should we get into it? Let's get into it. Okay, so after the promo from Duran, we had that bunkhouse brawl. Team Filthy comes out. The Von Erics come out. It's an all-out war. We're talking wheelbarrows. We're talking shovels. We're talking uh, animal feed. There we're talking hay. hay bales. We're talking um, chicken wire. All kinds of stuff. Use boards. And the great thing was, and, and again, spoilers ahead. If you haven't watched it, spoilers ahead. Uh, the finish. So we had Kevin Koo laid out in the middle of the mat. We had Kip Osborne off to the side. So what did the Von Erics do? Two for one. That's what they do. They lay a board. A ply board on top of two chairs. Actually, more looked like a door frame, if I could say so myself. Yeah. And so Ku's on the bottom, door frame in the middle, Kip Osborne on top. Then we get Marshall Von Erich, the bigger of the two, the taller of the two, the heavier of the two Von Erichs, goes to the top rope. Nice little moonsault. You know, second rope moonsault. It was decent. I mean, Von, Von Erichs are not really known to be flyers. Ross more than Marshall anyways. And uh, he crashes Kip right through the board. Right on Koo. Uh, Koo definitely having a couple of seizure moments because his body was just an insurmountable amount of pain. And the one, the two, the three. It's over. Von Erichs win. Team Filthy put to sleep for now. This rivalry is far from over until the Von Erichs. This, I only see this ending when the Von Erichs get Tom Lawler in a two-on-one. That's when I see this ending. Yeah, and it was nice to uh, nice to see a bunkhouse match. Uh, oops, sorry, uh, bunkhouse match where you know it's a, a bit of a throwback, something you would have seen the definitely in the eighties, back in the day, yeah, especially absolutely. in the South and stuff like that, or, or Georgia, that kind of thing. So really, uh, really nice throwback. One of the things I love about MLW is they they have a nice mix of kind of new and old, and and they're modern, but they also show appreciation to the past. They pay they pay, homage pay a lot to of the homage. people that paved the way for what we love today about professional wrestling. And this is a great time to be a professional wrestling Fantastic. fan, a podcaster, because all of our dreams, if you will, coming true. Actually, in fact, as we're sitting down recording, we are 15 minutes out from Dynamite, where we're going to see the dream match of Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. You can't beat that. But we're not going to talk AW because this is an MLW podcast. Correct. So now, after that great match, uh, we go to another promo by Cesar Duran, where he's backstage admiring a portrait of himself. What, you don't do that? I don't admire portraits of myself, but Cesar Durant fully has the right. Al Jefe can do whatever the hell Al Jefe You don't wants. have a portrait of yourself? I don't have a portrait of myself. Yeah, me, me neither. So he does have a portrait of himself. Not everyone had a portrait of himself. No, nobody has. Not, it's not like a thing. I have wrestling memorabilia around me, but it's not a thing. Anyways, Cesar Duran, you know, admiring a portrait of himself. And then we also get some backstage news from our favorite correspondent inter- alicia out to the interview queen the well, queen always looking so fine uh letting us know that there's been a backstage altercation what a ha- listen she she always looks good she's always on point not a hair out of place okay she is she's a great lady she does look a little frazzled whenever richard holiday shows up though yeah because richard holiday makes her skin crawl she told us that it was it's there go back and watch it i i know i was there i get it yeah you were there and you were pretty much Listen, at the end of the day, not everyone's going to like everyone, but they are going to be able to work together. And that's one thing Alicia and Richard do. They work well together when they have to. When they're being paid to do it, 
Well, they do it. both of them are consummate professionals. I will give them that. Consummate professionals. I mean, you know, last time they got together, Hammer Dick was born. What can you say? Well, what can you say is that Alicia looked like she was getting so much information coming in her earpiece. She didn't know what was going on. She pretty much had to stop herself a few times talking because there was so, and it was, there was a backstage altercation. So even though the Von Erics won the match, it didn't end there. Backstage, Team Filthy, Von Erics going at it. And then we heard that, we'll, we'll let you know later on, but we heard that Tom Lawler was being escorted to Duran's office. He was going to see El Jefe because he had had enough of something. So we'll, we'll get to that later on. But now, should we get to the other breaking news? There was a lot of breaking news. There tonight. was. There was a lot of breaking news. So Thursday, October 7th, Fightland. It's already been all over the place. You already know it. But they let us know again. We're finally going to get to see two years in the making. That's right. Hammerstone versus Fat 2 happens Thursday, October 7th at Fightland. And it is going to be two titles on the line, one champion. Uh, I mean, it could be two titles on the line. We don't know. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Spoilers. But, uh, spoilers ahead, people. A lot of spoilers ahead. But uh, it, it's, I think it was July 6th, 2019, that Jacob Fatu won the MLW World Heavyweight title. It was. It and was. he's been unstoppable ever since. He's been an absolute beast. Nobody's been able to, to put him down for the three count. But I think that if anyone's got the chance, it's Hammer. If anyone can can defeat Jacob Fatu and Contra, it's Alexander Hammerstone. So this is Hammer's time. Well, in the modern era of wrestling as it is nowadays, where titles change hands so frequently, to have a 27th-month reign as champion going into the 28th month when they finally tangle, he'll be in his 28th month in October. Actually, that he'll will, will be 28 months officially the day before he tangles with Hammer on the 7th. And that just makes title changes when they do happen so much more special and impactful because this is, a, this is a title that's been essentially held hostage by Jacob Fatu and Joseph Samael. Well, and not held hostage, but really, let's be honest, Fatu was a fighting champion. Every time somebody was put in front of him, yeah, sometimes he won a little bit underhanded because that's the contra way. But regardless of the fact, anyone put in front of him, he handled. Except Alexander Hammerstone because... Well, he's uh, Hammerstone's never able to get in front of him, but we found a loophole because of the gatekeeper right. clause. We but know all that. Why wasn't Hammerstone able to get there? Because the gatekeeper clause. Could it have been that Contra was afraid that of, of all were. people, Alexander Hammerstone of could be the one were. 100%. to slay the beast? 100%. Thank you. That's my point. Yeah, but I, you didn't need to prove a point to me. I agree with you. Well, okay, let's get, to more, to. Let's get to more breaking news. Another breaking news. The women's division. Women's the division. Women's division is happening. And they laid out a couple young ladies that are now going to be joining the division. We'll see them in the next couple of weeks. But let's run through the list. You got the list there? So we've got uh, the Sea Stars. Uh, full disclosure, I am not familiar with the Sea Stars. Uh, so I'm not sure what to expect, but I'm going to be looking them up in anticipation of their MLW debut. If Court Bauer saw something in them to bring them in, I'm excited about what they're going to bring to this new women's division. I'm excited about them. So welcome. Welcome to MLW, welcome. ladies. Welcome. We've welcome. also got Brittany Blake, who uh, you might be familiar with. Uh, she's worked CZW. She's worked a lot in the yeah. States. She managed Des and Wentz at one she point in time. She did manage uh, Des and Wentz yeah. at one point in time. So she's a uh, young she's a young up-and-comer. She's a whippersnapper. And if she managed Des and Wentz, you know she's going to take it to the skies. So she's definitely going to be a high flyer because you don't manage a team like that without picking up a thing or two. Well, and if you, you know... If you want to uh, <clears throat> manage somebody and learn from them, I'd say Des or as he's now Wesley and, and Nash Carter are uh, two great guys to learn from because they they really 
uh, excel at what they do, and it shows in their career trajectory. But Absolutely. MSK now in NXT. If you, now, here's here's one that I am familiar with. Of course, I think if you're not familiar with Holodead, you've not really been following female independent wrestling because Holodead has been all over from NWA to AEW to GSW. GSW. Yep. Holodead's just been all over. She's one She's of also the, a regular at Mission Pro, which is the Thunder Rosa run promotion with her husband, Brian Cervezas. Absolutely. Holodead's probably one of the most well-known, I think, oh, 100%. Uh, unsigned female independent wrestlers 100%. right now. So Absolutely. that's a great pickup. We've got Zoe Sky. Uh, another one I'm not another young up. I actually with. am a little familiar with her. I have I've I've interviewed some people that she's been in the ring with. Okay, and I've actually watched clips of matches with her. So she's got it up. She got a great upside. Uh, you know, she's one of those. Uh, what, what do I want to say? She's old school but new school. So she pays homage by taking it to the ground. She got mm-hmm. a great ground game, but uh, don't fool with her. You get caught in her crosshair, she's gonna knock you flat on your ass. Okay. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what these young women bring to the table because we've been saying that the one thing that MLW is missing to be in the running with all these other great companies is a standout women's division. And now Court Bauer has opened the floodgates, and I'm excited. One other thing I am waiting for now that there is two shows. We've got Alpha, we've got Fusion. We know that. What I am waiting for is Dragon Gate. When are we going to get to see some of the Dragon Gate that they talked about right before the series, the season ended? I think with COVID right now, the way things are in Japan and and uh, in the states, it, it maybe we're we're just being cautious in terms of moving talent around. A hundred percent. I know the Japanese talent can come here, but it's not uh, the other way around. So, well, that's not true because Chase Owens works for New Japan Pro. He goes back and forth quite regularly. Yeah, but I believe there's I believe there's a reason why all these new Japan wrestlers have been coming to the states recently rather than the You could mention around. another promotion on the show no, for AEW. Okay. I fine. prefer I prefer to stick with MLW when we're when we're doing the right. Rewind. But we're what we're talking yeah, about the international stars and then coming over. But I mean <clears throat> so I think there's a little bit of just being cautious. Right. But we've also got Coming through, we've got Willow Nightingale, which I know you're uh, you're familiar with. I am familiar with. She's great. She's got a lot upside. Again, she's strong as hell. Uh, and uh, the one thing about her is that when, every time I see her wrestle, she looks like she's just having all kinds of fun. When you're beating somebody's face in and getting paid for it, it's fun. It's fun. And don't again, don't sleep on her ground game, but don't sleep on her high-flying ability. She actually is probably one of my... Next to Holodead, one of the competitors I want to keep my eye on because Holodead is very well-rounded and so is Nightingale. So all I'm going to say is I'm excited for what these ladies are going to bring to the table. And the fact that amongst all of these, you have the C-Stars, who's kind of like a two-for-one package. So you know that's going to come into play when they're tangling in this division. I can almost well, see those two young ladies holding the the title, the woman's title together. Well, and, and I could see... With MLW having a solid core group of, okay, these are our contracted female wrestlers, but we can also continue to bring in other wrestlers that are not exclusively under contract with us to work with our contracted talent. So it's not like we couldn't see a Masha Slamovich or any other number of of fantastic women wrestlers in MLW. They just might not be exclusive, but these, these are the signed contracts, signed wrestlers for the women's featherweight division. And last but not least, we've got Nicole Savoy. And, I mean, if you're not familiar with her, I don't know where you've been living. But, again, she is much like Holiday, very well-rounded in the indies, but also uh, had some appearances in some of the upper echelons as well. So keep an eye out for these young ladies and the door that they're going to kick in and uh, the noise that they're going to make. It's gonna and, be exciting. and this is just, like, the initial 
six oh, that were announced. Yeah, there's going to be there's, there's going to be a few more announced. There's sure. no doubt going to be. More. But how exciting is it for Alicia now to actually have some women in the locker room? Now she can kind of broaden. She can interview more because the last time the only other inter- women that they had in the locker room was Aria Blake, who was more of a manager, and also uh, Alicia's frenemy, Selena Delarante. I was going to say I don't know if you noticed Alicia doesn't get a well get along that well with other women in MLW. Well, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna speculate on that. But you may be right. Yeah. But let's be honest. Actually, her and Aria Blake got along fine. It was yeah. Selena. It was Selena De La Renta, and how disrespectful she could be in a lot of ways. Alicia has a big personality. Selena has a big personality. When two people, two people with big personalities meet like that, sometimes it can be destructive. Destructive for Selena because she's not on TV anymore. But Alicia is. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, yeah, that's right. I'm throwing shade. Okay, don't don't insult don't insult my friend Alicia. Okay, all right. She's my pal. She's, she's my, my friend too. Son. But like, I'm just telling I, her like it is. She's my friend longer. <laughs> so, anyways, back to uh, the second match on the card. We had Casey Navarro. Uh, stay blessed. Next one to be blessed, if you will, versus Gino Medina. Now, this one for me, uh, not a shocker. Again, spoiler ahead. Gino Medina for the win. Um, Casey Navarro, young talent, only 22. Uh, again, Gino Medina is not an, an old, a, a, a middle, uh, like a veteran by Gino any Gino Medina looks 50. They both look 15. Like combined, yeah. <laughs> these guys look like they've got 30 years in the ring together, like 30 years of age total together. Right. right. And, it, and it showed because the speed was very apparent early on. There was a lot of high flying, a lot of suicide dives, a lot of Gino being Gino. Nice. When he, when he could getting a, you know, a little underhanded move. Casey trying to play fair, but let's be honest, when you're in the ring with Gino Medina, playing fair is not going to get you that win, my friend. I, I actually loved when they did the little placard before uh, with Gino Medina, how it said, uh, uses finesse and dirty tactics. I just thought that was perfect. Like, what a, what a description. Finesse and dirty tactics. But it's accurate. And like you said, it was a great match. Really crisp timing, a lot of nice sequences. A couple, a couple of sequences that were just, you know, probably nerves uh, on the part of, uh, you know, the younger of the two, uh, being Casey Navarro. But a lot of upside, a lot of upside. Started really strong. Started really strong. It had that, you know, a little bit of a lull, and then uh, it finished, finished strong. strong. So, um, you know, and he took a great bump from Gino at the end. That what? What do we try to say? That it was a reverse. Uh, it's like a breaker. burning hammer driver. It, I think it, is what it, it I came was up impressive. with. And then also, I mean, Gino being Gino, adding injury to insult by pinning Navarro with the forearm. Across insult the face. to injury. That's what I said. You said injury to insult. Well, whatever. Insult to injury. Putting the forearm very disrespectfully across Navarro's face, just making a point to say we shouldn't even be in the same ring. That's just Gino. That's what Gino does best. But Gino for the win, another win, putting him most likely in the running uh, for any kind of title he can get his hands on at this point. But you know what I did see out of this? The fact that there was that little sequence where they did that fluidity and they both jumped up at the same time. Mm -hmm. I can almost see that these two could really, if Gino was a face, which he's not, he's a heel. But if he was a face, these two would actually be a really good tag team. Yeah, and... Absolutely, because they're two exciting young competitors with tons of upside. Mm-hmm. Like we've got these whole these guys' whole careers to essentially watch unfold before us. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Gino's a second generation luchador. You can see it in the way he wrestles. Navarro's and, uh, only been in the business himself for 18, eight years. He's been in 2016 is when he made his debut. So he's only been in the business for eight years. Only. Uh, yeah. But at age 22. At age 22, which which tells you that there's a lot of a lot of upside for this young man. I just need to see a little bit more. So I'm excited. I was I was impressed with this first matchup. I was impressed impressed for the first time seeing Navarro in a one on one style. And now we just got to see where he goes from here. And if anyone's going to groom this young man, 
Court Bauer and MLW is the right place for this young man to be. So uh, to Casey Navarro, stay blessed. Get it. All right. And then we go to our uh, another great promo. Uh, again, Cesar Duran was all over this. All this over. Because, again, he is the official head matchmaker now for MLW. So he's in his office, which is a lot of interesting things about his office. A lot of newspaper clippings on one wall. A, a Brandon punchy bag by the door, which I get. And then right behind him, I don't know if you saw that, the little ring construction. Mm-hmm. The layout of the ring almost looked like possibly that could be a spoiler ahead of maybe revamping or redesigning the ring for MLW. I, I just, I, I, me being from a film background, you always want to look around at the aesthetics. And I love the fact that the sets, a lot of work was put into these sets. And I love the fact that now we're, we're there and we're able to, you know, be around crowds because that ups the ante. And it helps, it helps tell stories so much better when you're actually in, you know, a crowded arena and you can have these sets and stuff. So Durant's office looked fantastic. The portrait of himself hanging. And this is now Tom Lawler. Like we mentioned earlier, Tom Lawler comes in. He's unhappy. He's saying, you know, I I won the opera cup. Where's my title shot? Hammer's getting a title shot. Where's my title shot? So Durant said, you know what? You're right. Next week, you're going to get a title shot. Hold on. But I feel like you're skipping over what was a very entertaining exchange with Tom Lawler just kind of being like, yeah, you, you know, yeah. And, and Cesar Duran, that little sly look at the camera he gave it when he yeah, was when giving he gave, Lawler a hug. Lawler the hug yeah, okay. Giving him that that right. that look like, watch this. And uh, just trying to speedball. Yeah, so that was that was fantastic. And, and of course, it ends with, you want a title shot? You got a title shot. You're so, facing Alexander Hammerstone next week. Have a nice day. Next week. So for the open weight title, will be on the line against Hammerstone. I don't know how to- Philly, no, Tom. No, against sorry, Lawler. Against Lawler. And it'll be with Hammerstone's open weight title. And we'll just have to see how that works. I don't know what Hammer, I don't know what Lawler's gonna do or how he's gonna bring this. I'm assuming there's gonna be some members of Team Filthy that'll probably get involved. But this this match has kind of implications because if Hammerstone does lose the open weight title, then he'll just be facing for two for the world title. There won't be two titles on the line. Whereas now it's a title on title match. Right. Right now, currently it's it's a title versus title match, but Obviously, with next week's main event, things could change. Things could absolutely change. And, and now we go on to this week's main event. Bringing us to the main event. And, of course, it was the American Werewolf, Davey Richards, Richards, against... TJP? Uh, Caesar Duran, call him. DAP? <laughs> so... Don't, don't do... You're not Caesar Duran. You can't pull I, it I, off like I know, this. I know. But, um, but also, we, we did skip ahead on one part. Both of these gentlemen cut some great promos on one another. And... Um, uh, the best line from TJP's promo, the one that made me laugh, was where he's like, you know, he's got a social media following. I got a social media following. They like him. They don't like me because I'm an ordinary person. They don't like me because I have my beliefs. They don't like me because, and he's obviously talking about, you know, he's got his beliefs about anti-vaxxers. He's got his beliefs about, you know, the U.S. government, Biden, all that stuff. And that's fine. That's his political beliefs. And that's his platform to Showcase it. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Do you, bro? Do you? That's at the end of the day. Do you? But he's right. Sometimes on social media, there is a negative backlash for his political beliefs, and it is what it is. I have no backlash. I actually know TJP not on a personal level, but he's been on my show before. He's a great guy. I consider him a good friend, and he's one of my favorite cruiserweights of all time. So my hat was already firmly in his corner. I was supporting TJP from the jump. Don't get me wrong. I love Davy Richards, and Davy Richards also had a great promo on TJP. Saying that there's there's both passion, there's both drive. They know each other because they faced each other over the years so many times. The fact is, he is the lone wolf. Let the hunt begin, and that was great. I actually like that line where he kind of staring the camera, super intense. He's like, "Let the hunt begin." It was cool. 
it was good. Fit in well with his with his character. Um, and I also like the fact that his trunks have the red, white, and blue wolf claws. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm the lone wolf. He's Still pro-America, baby. American. Still market. Uh, I thought it was a, a really entertaining match. Like we expected. There was a lot of holds, a lot of submissions. Technical. like Extremely if technical. If I'm running a wrestling school, this would be a match, a great match to show on day one of class. All right, guys, watch the story that was told here. Because sometimes... You don't need to go all over the place to tell a great story. And they kept a lot of it squarely in the center of that ring. And there's a lot to be said for the space, the spaces that you leave. It's like when you speak, your pauses can mean just as much as your words. And it it was nice to see the pacing that these guys set. And it really drew you into the match. And you were kind of on the edge of your seat, or at least I was, waiting to see what happened next because they weren't just getting up no selling and running at each other all the time but they weren't laying on the mat for 10 minutes either they had the balance and the psychology and it ended up being a very entertaining match especially if you're a fan of technical wrestling you're going to want to watch this one absolutely and of course you know tjp again the, the the thing that kind of is his undoing sometimes is that the the crowd does get in his head so a couple times where he could have put Richards away early, he stopped to pander to the crowd because they got in his head, even if it was simply just to, but the one part that was impressive, there was that great combo exchange early on and he got Richards in that hold. And then the mid hold, he dabbed and gave and the middle finger to the crowd, which was genius. But also what about the, the, the two count reverse two count reverse hold to reverse hold, which was incredible. Again, a technical master showing from two tactical wrestlers i've seen probably uh that spot the the reverse pin reverse reverse pin probably four times in the last month at at various shows and it really goes to show the level of experience with these guys because everything looked crisp and believable and the timing was dead on versus if you watch some other people do it who maybe don't have that skill level or experience and how just a little bit of mistiming can completely take you out of the move and and make it not believable for you. Whereas these guys, everything looked believable. When when Davey was twisting TJ's ankle, I TJ looked like he was in excruciating pain. Well, and spoiler alert, that is how uh, there was three ankle locks put on TJP. And the third one was ultimately his undoing. At that point, he just had enough. The ankle gave way and he tapped out. But it was a great match. And you know, smart, again, by the MLW booking, I guess we'll pay respects to El Jefe. To showcase Davey Richards' return to professional wrestling, this was the best opponent for him because this was the opponent that knows him very well, that was going to give him a run for his money, and ultimately was a fantastic well, main event. Uh, in in all honesty, and by by all means, no offense to Davey Richards at all because this was fantastic. I think the best opponent could have possibly been Josh Alexander, but unfortunately he is contracted to another organization. But we will get to see that match with another company yes and for the record davy richards wrestled josh alexander about a month ago at another company another company but that match was magnificent 20 minutes of just fantastic striking and technical wrestling and it, and it ended in a no decision so we're going to get to see an even longer we're going to get to see an actually an iron man match in the very future and who better to wrestle the iron man match than the canadian iron man josh alexander so uh again davy richards Welcome back to wrestling. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome to MLW. And again, a great showcasing. And I got to say, El Jefe for his first, you know, real official day of uh, matchmaking, uh, booking was fantastic. And again, that sly hug on Lawler, almost looking at the camera saying, yes, I will sanitize after hugging him. 
it was it was what I describe as a shit eating grin, but he wasn't <laughs> actually grinning. Well, Lawler was grinning right up until he announced that he was be facing Hammerstone next week. Then the grin, left. and then he was he was you know promptly ushered from the office. Offer, usher mid sentence, door closed. Okay, you got your title shot. Like fuck yeah. off, leave me alone. So again, MLW Alpha episode one, fantastic. Uh, catch us uh, either every Wednesday right after Alpha. Or catch us every Sunday. Maybe we'll do a dual episode. Maybe we drop half an hour alpha, half an hour on fusion, whatever we can do. Maybe we go 90 minutes. Who knows? If MLW is putting content out, we will be putting content. So out. we're back. We've been off steadily since Battle Riot. We're back. And um, yeah, the Straight Talk family's in full force. Got MLW Rewind here with my partner in crime, Uncle Bobby B, my best friend. And um uh, Straight Talk Wrestling also returns, so don't forget to catch us each and every Thursday. Got some great new uh, interviews lined up already in the can, and I can't wait to share them with the world. So as always, I'm your host, your boy, George Bakai. Don't forget to follow the MLW journey on Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, uh, at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, and of course, subscribe to Straight Talk Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, and um, also, we will be available on the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network, but a couple of days after, because we got to keep our content fresh. We'll give Lewis the leftovers. We got to keep our content fresh. And Rob, you want to shout out your socials so they can find your journey? Oh, I'm real easy to find. You just look for the real Uncle Bobby B on There's Instagram. A lot of fake ones. There's there. a lot. I have to differentiate myself. There's a lot Too many ones. fake Uncle Bobby Bs. I don't know where they come from, where they get off, stealing my gimmick. It's terrible. <laughs> gimmick infringement. And we also want to shout out the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, which we are uh, affiliated with. That's awesome. That's Dirty Heels. That's Joe in the Ring. That's Circle of Debate. That's a Titan Tron. That's Class in Session. That's Championship on the Line. Uh, there's so many. There's, oh, Universal Wrestling Podcast. There's so many great podcasts on there. So check out all those guys out. Give them a share and a follow. And uh, yeah, it was also the Rewind Podcast. And there may be something I'm forgetting. So I apologize in advance. Top Rope, Top Rope Wrestling Talk. So I think I got them all. So many. There's a ridiculous amount. Uh, but it's a great, uh, great league to be affiliated with. We are honored to be affiliated with that. And uh, as always, we are your official MLW podcast. We know there's other ones out there that talk about it here and there. Give five minutes, ten minutes. But when Rewind is on, we rewind MLW for the whole damn show. We know there's some other MLW podcasts out there. No disrespect, but bring it. We, we are setting the standard. Challenge us, okay? Come up to our level. That was that was very passionate. Yeah, I'm 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 not messing around here. Not messing around. It's the coffee. This is the rewind. It's the coffee, All right? It's, it's Richard Holiday's coffee. It's, it's we're dynastic over here. We're, we are. We're 100 dynastic all the time. And even though we we shouted out a lot of good things about Gino, we're still very much faithful to the dynasty. Still whenever. disappointed in you, Gino, for what you did to Richard Holiday. It was dastardly and unwarranted. Karma will happen. Karma will happen. He's going to lose all his hair by the time he's like 28. Watch all that luscious hair. It's gone. <laughs> all right, guys, as always, peace, love and wrestling. We'll see you next week. Adios.